0: Do you have an idea for improving the natural environment in your community? If so, the Regional Sustainable Development Partnerships may be able to help you make it happen.
1: I would say our essence is that we operate on the premise that communities have within themselves, the key knowledge, experience, and seeds of innovation that are really vital to solving their own challenges or addressing their own opportunities. We work with communities toward this goal to understand that need or opportunity, and we then pair them with partners at the University of Minnesota for community-driven or community-led, university-assisted research, design, and planning projects. And when projects really work well, all partners are working together to co-create a practical solution to the research question or the planning need, and at the end of that project period, The community has the information that can really springboard them in moving forward with their vision.
0: This is Explore, Teach, Conserve by the University of Minnesota Extension. I'm Nate Meyer, and I'm excited to talk in this episode with Molly Zins, an Extension colleague and Executive Director for the University of Minnesota Extension's Central Region Sustainable Development Partnership. Stick around to learn more about the regional partnerships and how they can help you improve the sustainability of your communities. Hi, Molly. It's great to have you on the podcast.
1: Wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me, Nate.
0: Yeah, for sure. So our listeners are probably familiar with the University of Minnesota Extension, but they may not know about the Regional Sustainable Development Partnerships, or what we might call RSDP. Can you tell us about the partnerships and how they work?
1: Yes, I would love to. So we partner with local residents, organizations, and the University of Minnesota to build strong, thriving communities to create practical solutions to our challenges together. And one thing that I have to mention about that sort of elevator speech or tagline is that my board of directors has been sort of workshopping, how do we put together a really beautiful, succinct way of explaining our work? We are governed by regional boards of directors, and that is really part and parcel to how we do our work. We are led by community members from across each of our regions, as well as University of Minnesota um partners in helping to guide our priorities, um, determine the directions that we're moving and in, in collaborating with communities in the university, and and ultimately in deciding all the projects that we work on. We, in doing this work, collaborate with all of Greater Minnesota. So in other words, communities outside the Twin Cities metro area to seek their project ideas uh, in one or more of our four focus areas. And those focus areas include natural resources clean energy, sustainable ag and food systems, and resilient communities. And every year across the state, there are five of our our regions that make up our whole across greater Minnesota. We support well over 100 local sustainability projects that are community-driven and university-assisted.
0: So you are the executive director of our central region partnership. Can you tell us a little bit about your role and how you work with partners in your region?
1: Yes. So the role of the director in each of our five regions is to a large extent, really working closely with our board of directors. Our boards are governing bodies that determine our priorities, Make decisions about where we're really going to be investing our time and our funding and serve as just a vital ear to the ground across our region to understand those needs, opportunities, and the, the ways in which we can best be assisting those through developing and helping to facilitate these university community partnerships. In addition to working with our boards, we have four advisory work groups that assist our board in in also being another network of that ear to the ground and keeping a pulse across communities and organizations across the region to make sure we're staying really relevant to helping assist communities in their sustainability needs. As we kind of connect directly with communities, then these groups that help inform our work, our, our advisory work groups and our boards, partner with the director to make sure that we're spreading the word and wide as best as we possibly can. And unfortunately, like you mentioned, we know we're a well-kept secret and that is the last thing we want to be. So we're always seeking opportunities like this wonderful one that you presented here um, and a chance to chat with your listeners in your podcast. We work with all of our advisory groups and our boards, our statewide team of staff to help let communities across every region know that we're really interested in hearing their ideas for sustainability needs, especially in the case where they're interested in exploring University of Minnesota collaborator partnerships to help assist that effort particularly in that space of really early ideation and exploration into how best can we address this need or even perhaps create a solution to this challenge that the community is walking through. And oftentimes that process, that project that we help to support is research, design, planning, and position the community to move forward and act. So we work in the space of early ideation, exploration, and research that is ideally going to help us lead to that innovation that can help a community crack that challenge and know the way forward to address that community need. But of course, working in that early research and planning and exploration phase doesn't always get us to the ideal answer or solution, but that, that is part of the process. And an important piece of all of that work that can't be understated is partnerships that are foundational to moving the work forward. So even if at the end of a project period, we haven't arrived at that exact right solution or we may be kind of just moving in, in the direction of it, those robust partnerships are in place and continue to move that work forward in so many different ways. Over many, many years ahead. And so it's both the process of the research and the design work that's really important to our work, but it's those partnerships, those lasting, trusting relationships with multiple ways of knowing, you know, both the historical community experience and knowledge and the university collaborators bringing together their work to look at and continue to build on the need over time.
0: Can you tell us about some of the natural resources-focused priorities that the partnership deals with, and what are some more of the successful kinds of projects that the partnerships have helped support?
1: So I would say across all five regions, it's important to note that each region, and and in particular the advisory work groups that, that help inform the different focus areas, Develop their priorities and annually revisit and amend or update any priorities as needed, you know, and and that's really based on the needs of communities and understanding what we're hearing from communities across each region. Of course, that said, there are unique aspects to focus area priorities, in this case, natural resources priorities across all five regions. But there's, of course, two common themes that have been lifted up and have been true for many years, and I anticipate probably will be for the long term. One of those, of course, is addressing climate change, mitigation and adaptation, opportunities and needs in our regions, water resource protection of course, too, is is a really common priority across all regions. One project that has been underway for about a year now and involves a few of our regions is called the Forest Assisted Migration Project. This started with our Northeast Partnership Region and University of Minnesota Institute on the Environment grant and a number of collaborators from across that region, and it has since expanded to um, bring in a few of our other regions and The goal is to organize a tree seed collector network to support forest assisted migration across Minnesota. So, one of the lead organizations, Sustainable Farming Association, has been engaging member farmers now in central and southern Minnesota to be trained on tree seed collection. And then, seed is being transported to tree growers in northern Minnesota the following spring. And the list of partners to some of the points that I made earlier is really important here because it is these robust teams of many, many collaborators bringing to the table so many different aspects that are vital to carrying out the work. So that, that of course, as I mentioned, includes a Sustainable Farming Association, several chapters across the state, Farm and Forest Growers Network, the Nature Conservancy, Minnesota Power, Soil and Water Conservation Districts, County Forest Departments, North Shore Forest Collaborative, Land Stewardship Project, Sprout Food Hub, and then, of course, several of our RSTP regions and a number of really outstanding uh, University of Minnesota faculty members and researchers, both from the University of Minnesota, Duluth, and from the Twin Cities campus. Another that I like to share, I, you know, we're not supposed to choose favorites, but of course, but has, has been a long time favorite and is near and dear to my heart. The Meg Wayak project with Leech Lake Early Childhood is the core of it is a three acre wooded area. So, relatively small wooded area directly adjacent to the Leech Lake Early Childhood Center. And we started talking with Wase Paulson, one of the early childhood staff members and director of the Ojibwe language program for early childhood a number of years ago about this natural wooded space, that it could really potentially be something very integral to their program with classes and with families. But at that point, wasn't something that was being utilized very much, and, and so we were just... We just started with some conversations about you know, what the opportunity might be there and if there's a way that University of Minnesota collaborators could assist them in, in exploring this a little bit further. So the project team moved ahead in that conversation with us and uh, we were able to hire a University of Minnesota graduate research assistant that developed co-created or with the community driving it helped to identify and develop indigenous education and outdoor learning best practices that would really serve as kind of the foundation for how they want to use this outdoor space and tie it into their core curriculum and then created specific classroom activities so really kind of like those plug-and-play classroom activities where teachers really really busy teachers with all sorts of little people racing around and you know very very little time to pull together materials and supplies, could just grab a classroom activity, head outside and have that really straightforward how-to way in engaging the kids and using this space meaningfully. And so that was our first year of working with the team, but we found in continuing to explore the needs there that the classroom teachers and families and kids ideally needed this outdoor space to be designed in a way that enabled them to really kind of get out into the space quickly and and use it even more than it was. So we were able to hire a University of Minnesota College of Design landscape architect grad student that worked with the community to understand exactly how they want to use the space seasonally for the different age groups, for families, the annual events that would be part and parcel of of this programming and in turn help to co-develop these outdoor classroom designs. And moving forward, the the community was able to use all of that information to apply for some grants, one, at least one of which they've received now to develop the first phase of site build out and, and implement those design plans for their outdoor space.
0: So our listeners are change makers. How would you recommend they dig into learning about or getting involved with the partnerships if they're interested?
1: We would love to hear from them. And we hope some of your listeners are interested and we really look forward to talking with them. There are a few ways off the top that I can share, and there are probably many others I might get to share, but one that comes to mind most certainly is considering submitting a project idea. So we annually have a call for project ideas statewide across all five of our regions that happens early in the new year. The process to submit a project idea is our hope is that it's not an onerous, large, large lift, but instead, really, we hope it's a way to share a big picture concept of something you would like to work on with your community in the way of helping to explore, research or design information needed for a sustainability or a natural resources challenge or opportunity, if you will, in the community. We have a project idea brief that folks can find on our website, and it's a pretty straightforward list of a handful of questions. We ask folks to submit that, and for doing so, we really would love to chat with you too. So we can reach out to any staff person across the partnership team, but pretty quickly we'll help you get in touch with the region that's aligns most closely with where you're doing your work. And love to just talk through what is that community need and what is the goal or the impact of the work that you're really looking to accomplish. And and so um, the directors in in each of our five regions can help provide a little bit of insight on what's really great and helpful information to include in those idea briefs. And, And moving forward from there, we continue that conversation. Another way to consider engaging with the partnerships is serving on Our advisory work groups and of course with um, listeners being really interested in natural resources our natural resources work groups would be a really wonderful inroad to help make sure we're connecting the needs and issues that you're aware of in your work and the networks that you're talking to that of course helps inform our priorities and helps serve a really vital role in the work that we do in letting the, your networks, your partners know about us and bring in project ideas. And then, of course, two listeners might have heard me mention that we have boards of directors as well. So if folks get to know us and think, gosh, this is work I'd like to really help to guide and assist with in a longer term way and support, we're really interested in hearing if you'd like to serve on one of our regional boards as well.
0: So I have a last question for you. I suspect you're familiar with social media apps. What is a hashtag or brief message that you wish would really take off right now, like millions of people are sharing it?
1: I would say, thinking of one of my favorite environmental heroes, I'd like to see a hashtag along the lines of speak for the trees. First off, it requires that you can hear the trees and that you're listening to the trees. So hopefully many of us are doing that and striving to listen to our natural world and know that there's just so much richness and important messages and ways of knowing that we can only understand if we're really listening to the trees and the natural world. And then, of course, a lot of our natural world isn't maybe heard as much as we would hope and maybe is... Speaking in a little different language than a lot of us are accustomed to. So how can we as champions of really hearing and protecting our natural spaces, our trees, our wildlife, how can we advocate and speak on their behalf?
0: Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of the ETC. Huge thanks to Molly for joining us to talk about the Regional Sustainable Development Partnerships. Visit extension.umn.edu forward slash regional partnerships to learn more about the partnerships. Scroll down on that page and click the link to submit an idea to RSDP to share your ideas to improve the sustainability of your communities. This episode was recorded in 2021. Look for the ETC and subscribe on any of your favorite podcast services. Give us a thumbs up or drop a comment to let us know you value the podcast. Pass it along to others. We look forward to sharing another episode soon.